Greetings and salutations to our fine podcast audience. How's uh, Ed? How's how's the pollen for you? Last week you were struggling with your pollen. I'm still struggling a little bit. You're still struggling. A little bit better. A little bit better. I have some medicine. Oh, good. I went and got medicine. Good. Nathan, you doing okay? I am doing okay. You're doing good. You, you're not as pollen affected. Not today. No, no. I, I am not. Uh, also, I, I've never really been allergic My to that My whole stuff. life, I, I, am, I am super allergic to many things. Had to, I was the kid that had to take all the allergy shots growing up. What's interesting is I actually was that kid, Were but you? I grew out of it. Well, all of the things I was allergic to, I grew out of pollen. When hmm. I moved back to Georgia, I mean, well, didn't move back. When I moved to Georgia, all of that kicked back in for ah. me. Not the things I was allergic to, but one of my daughters struggling. is very allergic to lots of things, and so she's really having trouble right now. With another one of my daughters is having a little bit of trouble, and then another one of my daughters, people who know me well, will know who this is. But I'll just say she is upset with the amount of tension the other two girls are getting <laughs> based on their thing. So we she can, would like to be allergic. So she <laughs> went outside yesterday and was grabbing handfuls of pollen and rubbing them on Ooh. her skin and all over her face. And I said, "Baby, that's not how that works. That ain't gonna. That ain't gonna." get you what you want. I know it makes you upset that you also aren't getting all the sick attention that your sisters are getting right now, but that that ain't going to work, so we had to bring her inside and wash That's her That's like a off. superpower that you can roll around in pollen and not be affected. I guess. It really is. That's, yeah. Because yeah. even, even I say I'm not allergic, but it does affect me. I was, I was telling Joel sure. earlier today, you know, I, when I walk outside now, if I don't have the mask on or whatever, you know, I get a little scratchy in the sure. throat. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I don't do as bad as some people. I'm not like that. But yeah, I was, I was a kid who was very allergic mainly to foods. I was, I was allergic to dairy and um, uh, eggs and um, gosh, lots of different stuff. And they didn't figure it out till I was like, you know, I was puking milk everywhere when I was a little boy. Yeah. And uh, they were like, something's wrong with this kid. So, so I, I you know, I grew that. up on a farm around all kinds of animals and was always problems with breathing and all mm. that kind of stuff. And they eventually found out, oh. You're allergic to all the hair on almost every animal uh, that you all raise. And then to top it all off, I was also allergic to Kleenex, which you would use when you were allergic. That's weird. Uh, it's actually, you know, that's why puffs, puffs doesn't, mm-hmm. is different than Kleenex. Puffs was invented for people who are allergic to the powder in Kleenex. I did not know that. So I had to start using puffs because I was, and then I had to take shots, you know, from... Yep. 12 to 18, hmm. I think. Okay. To the point that I was driving myself to the doctor's office to get shots. Hmm. Wow. But you're on good medicine. You're good. I'm feeling better. That's good. To I know. have a really cheap little pill that I take. Most medicine uh, that's supposed to be for allergies makes me uber hyper. Mm. But there's this one. <laughs> really? <laughs> you know, other people, if it makes other people sleepy, it makes me uber hyper. Mm. And uh, this one does not. But it doesn't really seem to help anybody else. But I'm thankful they still sell it. Well, all right. <laughs> so we have two questions today that we're going to get to. We'll see how much time it takes us to get to all these. Some of them are pretty... Well, I mean, we'll see how involved we can get. We find any way to get involved in every question. I've noticed that. <laughs> I can I can have these questions that I think, oh, that'll be quick. You know, we'll we'll say like four sentences and we'll be over. Yeah. And then like twenty minutes later, we're still talking. Yes, that's just how we roll. Yes. So, so we will we'll get into this. This one, I, a, a good question. I've heard this before, um, but definitely there's some clear answers to it that we will hopefully clear up. Question is this. 
why didn't Jesus just come out and say, hey, I'm God, I'm the Father in human form? And their statement is, in all fairness to the disciples, I feel like he was just constantly vague and mysterious. Mm-hmm. To, and, and I've heard this question asked before, and, and I think it's, it comes down to the fact that most of us in our way of thinking are looking for a very formulaic yeah. answer to that question. We, we want Jesus to just say it the way we would say it in our culture, in our time. Just Okay, hang on, guys. Let me just say one thing. First of all, I'm God. And, uh, you know, and, and just and be very, I don't know, clinical yeah. about it is the right word. Or I would just say academic. Every, academic, I think we are yeah. in such a world of knowledge comes through, which is a whole other set of problems. But we think knowledge comes through the academia, that I have to go to school to learn something that there is. And I mean, like, I have to, if it's, if it's, True knowledge, someone at some point has to put it in a textbook Mm -hmm. or some kind of formal answer that I can look at and say, the answer for Jesus goes, they say, Jesus, who are you? And he goes, well, is it A, a cat? B, God, C, man, D, God and man. And then they go D, and he goes, that is the correct answer. Once again, D, the correct answer. I do think that's what we look for, and I think this is a good example, and I know Jason, as a good student, has done his research ahead of time. He's got some. I got it. He he got the perfect answer. And I'll just say, I just wanted. I just want to say, I think he's super direct. Well, that's what I was going to well, get to. Well, I think he is super direct. He is. But it goes back to the thing we say over and over. He wasn't talking to you. That's Well, that's so why I was... If, if he were in 21st century Georgia and you said to him, are you God? He'd go, yeah. Because <laughs> he would be talking to you in English in your way of understanding he was super direct to the disciples. He was, but to be fair to the question asker, um, he there were times when Jesus intentionally yes. would sort of oh, yeah. go around it, and there was a purpose for that. That's right, because he has a, a mission to accomplish. And if he'd have walked out day one and said, "Okay, let me just let all y'all know, I'm God. I'm one. The, I'm one you've been waiting for. I'm taking over, and all of the Pharisees and all the Jewish people just need to step back." Well, they'd have killed him right there on the spot. That's right. Well, and, and that's why eventually they did kill him. Yeah, that's but right. he took his time getting there. And I yeah, think and that's why sometimes he says to people, "Don't tell anybody." Yes, anything. yes. And that's all. That. That's often been another question people ask me: "Is like, why is Jesus going around saying, don't tell anybody that I healed you?'" I said, "Because Jesus has a has a mission. Yeah, and he knows what it takes to get through his mission, and he's trying to. And of course, half the time they didn't even listen to him. Yes. They told it anyway, and he'd have to work around that. He was constantly trying to stay on his mission, but as often we do, we people constantly getting him off. That's well, right. Well, and right. I think what Jesus is trying to do, and I think this is going to be shown in some of your answers here, yeah. is Jesus isn't... I think one of the reasons Jesus doesn't come out and just say, yes, I am God, is because that allows <laughs> someone else to go, okay, well, then I can determine who God is. Jesus roots himself in the story of Israel hmm. and their ideas of who the Messiah would be because, and, he, and you'll get to this because I know particularly, he, <laughs> often when he refers to himself as God, he refers to himself as the Messiah, yep. and that's a role. And you talked about this on Easter Sunday. There's this part where Jesus comes, once he's risen from the dead, he opens their eyes to read the scriptures and see how all the other scriptures in the in what we would call now the Bible, they didn't call the Bible, were pointing to him. And so he would say, when you're trying to figure out what my role is in the world, you look to Isaiah. And Isaiah talks about the suffering servant, and that's who they knew the Messiah to be. And yes. there's all these pictures that are given beforehand, and he's saying, 
that and that from those you're able to then interpret oh well this is also this is god and yep. so he's not just we we want uh short action verbs and that to explain but he's saying hey my work on this planet is more than just me being god well and mm-hmm. i i also think we have to accept the fact it was category blowing for them there mm-hmm. had never been another i mean for us Okay, so even if you don't totally buy the story of Jesus, you know that Jesus somewhat said he was God and man, and that category exists. That category does not exist for them. Sure. And so even if he comes out and says it, they're like, he has to be, it has to be one of those parable things he's always Mm -hmm. saying. He's probably telling us a figure of speech. Yep. Mm Mm-hmm. So I, I pulled together some scripture where I think this uh, this is answered for the person who asked this question, um, and and mostly what you're going to see, and I'm going to read through some of these, and my thing I often point people to is not necessarily listen to the, the, the really dry words that Jesus said or did not say. Watch what people do when he says them. Right. Watch for the reaction of the people listening in that day, in that culture, and you'll see what they understood him to That's be right. saying. So like, for instance, in Mark chapter 14, uh, Jesus is, is arrested. He's brought before the high priest, and they ask him, are you the Messiah, the son of the blessed one? And then Jesus says, I am. But then he goes on, he says, and you're going to see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of the Mighty One and coming on the clouds of heaven. That's an allusion to something in the Old Testament that is God, okay? And the moment he says that, watch what happens. The high priest tears his clothes and says, why do we need any more witnesses? You've heard his blasphemy. What do you think? And so they all condemned him as worthy of death. Yeah. That that's what gets you killed, right? That's is right. putting yourself equal. So there's that instance when the the the, the high priest and all of the uh, Jewish leaders definitely want him killed. Uh, John, the Gospel of John, has three instances that I'll just point out to you. Um, it says clearly in John chapter five, for this reason they tried to kill him all the more. Not only was he breaking the Sabbath, but he was even calling God his own Father, making himself equal with God. So again, that's why they wanted to kill him. In John 8, Jesus says these words, Very truly I tell you, before Abraham was born, I am, which was the name for God. He's not only saying the name of God, he basically told them, because if you look in the whole conversation, they say, "How, how can you make yourself greater than Abraham? You've never seen Abraham. And he goes, no, actually, I was here before Abraham right, was here. that's right. And then, again, watch for the reaction. In the next verse, at this, they pick up stones to stone him, and then Jesus slipped away into the crowd. Uh, then the final one, Jesus says this phrase. He says, I and the Father are one. Again, his Jewish opponents, they pick up stones to stone him. Jesus says to him, I've shown you the good works I've done for my father. For which of these are you going to stone me? And then they say to him, we're not stoning you for any of your good works, but for blasphemy because you, a mere man, claim to be God. Right. So again, if you don't necessarily hear from Jesus in those words, look at the reaction. They're all reacting to him as if he's claiming to be God. So there's that. The other part of the answer that I think is important to look at, and I always point people to this, is look at what Jesus, uh, the things that Jesus claimed to do or that Jesus did that are things that only are attributed to God. Like, for instance, uh, Jesus knew people's thoughts. Yep. He knew their motives. He could read their minds. That's a, that's a God-like characteristic. That's omniscience that we give to God. Omnipresence, 
which is being at all places at all times. Jesus said, I'll be with you to the end of the age. That's only something that God could do. Um, Jesus forgives sins. Yep. Only God can. And in fact, when he does that, he says to the man, the paralytic on the mat, he says, your sins are forgiven. They go, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. (laughs) You don't have the right to forgive sins. You're not God. And he says, well, I'll show you that I have the right to forgive sins. And he heals the guy. Yeah. He says, stand up and walk. That's right. I can do that. So I should be able to forgive sins. And then finally, which I think is is a huge one, Jesus allows them to worship him. Right. Right. You know, after the resurrection, Thomas falls on the ground, says, my Lord and my God. Now, if he was a good man <laughs> who wasn't God, Jesus would have immediately said, oh, hang on now. Don't don't worship me as God. Right. But he Because the it. apostles do miracles, and they say, when people start to worship them, they say, whoa, whoa, We're not God. Do, don't give to us what belongs to God. Absolutely. So when Jesus is worshiped, he receives it. And then, of course, you know, go throughout the Bible, on into the book of Revelation, Jesus is placed on the throne. He is worshipped. So um, it's pretty clear to your question that God, that Jesus believed himself to be God and well, claimed it. You know, you, you and I were talking earlier, and I said, you know, it's hard really if you read when Jesus at the end of his life says, I'm going to go away, uh, be with the Father, and uh, you know where I'm going and you know the way. And Thomas says, yes. we don't know where you're going. Mm-hmm. Show, and he goes, and he says, show us the Father and it will be enough. And Jesus says, you've been with me this long and you don't know that me and the Father, we're the same. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You've seen me. You've seen him. Yeah. So, so yeah, he's pretty clear. And that's why, and you've heard us do this on this podcast if you've listened to me in my time, we say this over and over again. When somebody has a question about God, what's God like, or would God do this, or would not God would God not do this? And we always go, well, look at Jesus. And is, is that something that Jesus would do? Right. And, and the reason we do that is this right here. Yeah. Because he is the image of the invisible God. We talked about that a, a few weeks back. Um, so, you know... And it not, and it's not just because of what Jesus said per se with his words. It's the whole thing. Yep. Yeah. So he he goes through. I mean, there's so many illusions. You talked about stepping in. This. I was sitting here thinking while you were going through the scripture of all the, you know, he says to the uh, to the enemy when the enemy tempts him, uh, man doesn't live by bread alone, but every word that flows out of the mouth of God. So he's already said that you have to have. You have to take God into you to have life. Later, he says to people, hey, I'm the bread of life. Yes. Right? You, you need to eat my flesh and drink my blood. Mm. Yeah. I mean, even that is an illusion to them. Again, speaking to them in their language and their yeah. illusions of what they knew. Mm-hmm. And I always say to people, you know, those men, not just the Pharisees, but all the young men, they had studied the Scripture and they were geeks about the Old yeah. Testament. Oh, yeah. They had memorized it, and they'd play word games with it. If you have a group of friends, like I have one son that really loves the TV show Friends, like he mm-hmm. knows all the trivia about it, and you can play. You know, you walk in and say something, and he knows the next lines after yeah. it. That's the way they were with the Scripture. So when Jesus is quoting these things, they know where they fit. They know yeah. what they allude to. They know how they go together. Mm. He's being super direct with them yeah. in their language. 
Well, and, and, and just the acts of Jesus, and I've heard this, but if you go through and look at all of the miracles Jesus performed from the healings, from the casting out of demons to the control over nature, yep. um, the manipulation of you know the bread and the fish, yep. and and all of, and then of course raising of the dead, which we talked about last week. Right. All of these are meant to point us back to yep. look. These are things that only God does. And they're not even called miracles. I mean, we tend to signs, think yeah. they're signs. That's right. I mean, that's the word that they use. These were not intended. I'm not healing for the sake of healing. I'm not doing these things as magic tricks. Mm. These are signs. Which I'm is why, sign. which is why, and people always say, "Well, you know, why didn't Jesus heal everybody?" Because he didn't heal everybody. He only healed a very select amount of people. Right. And I was like, because he wasn't there to heal everybody. That's right. He wasn't there to eliminate sickness yet. <laughs> yeah, that's right. He's there to show us who he is. Well, and I think it's the unfortunate part of the way that we, and I will say in particular Western people and Western Christians view things. We, we do want to categorize and systematize everything, but ultimately, and we say this all the time, but the Bible is a story. It is a story that's leading to Jesus, and then out of Jesus tells us, okay, well, this is what part of the story that you're in. And so when you talk about Jesus' life, everything in Jesus' life is reenacting the first part of the Bible. Mm. And we miss that because we don't know the first part of the Bible. We don't, many of us, I know many of us grew up in church, you know a lot of the stories and that kind of stuff. But um, when we go through and we, we, we do a... Uh, Saturday morning with our girls, we just read stories out of Jesus' life, but we try to always go back and reconnect it to a story that they know from the old part of the Bible, and we've only had three of our daughters in our home for coming up on two years, and even that, I see them connecting some of the dots that when you know it, that you see, hey, Jesus is, as eventually... Hebrews in the Bible talks about he's the new and better Adam and he's the new and better Moses and everything that Moses got wrong and everything that David got wrong and everything Abraham got wrong Jesus is getting right that he is for the first time God showing us this is the way it should have always gone because you see that and I think people we miss that even I, I have a book that we're reading for helping children understand the Bible we unfortunately do damage to the Bible, when we try to teach stories, especially out of the Old Testament, as moral tales, and trying to say and try to puff up certain people as heroes, oh, yeah. because even people like David and Abraham, even though they are people that God says, This is a man after my own heart, what often God is highlighting in these stories is even David messed it up. Mm-hmm. Even da- that you have someone like David who comes into the story and he's like, God, I want to build you a temple. He goes, no, it's going to be someone else. And it's not going to be you. And, but you know, you're my guy, you're a man after God's own heart. And then he goes out of that and goes, he's up on his, t- on, up on his roof and he sees a woman and he goes, you know what? I'm the King. I can use this for my benefit, whether she wants to or not. And then you go, Oh yes. Cause I remember telling that story to my daughters and they go, well, that don't seem right. I said, it's not right. And that's the point mm-hmm. is that David could, but here comes Jesus and he's in this and he's the king who will always do it fairly and, and justly and make things go that way. And so I yep. do think when we look at the Bible and go, give me my one sentence I need to know. Hmm. Give me my, give me my verse. Give me my life verse. Give me my one verse. And that's going to be my direction instead of going, this is all a part of a story that God's telling you that you get to step into and get to be a part of. I do think we often miss the point. Yeah, we absolutely do. 
Speaking of that, I think the next question kind of will flow out of some of those thoughts that you just brought it's up. It's called a segue. I ask sort of, <laughs> sort of. This idea Jason's of, a professional. He's a professional segwayer. <laughs> uh, getting into the idea of um, boiling it down, give me the one thing. Uh, I think this question kind of touches on that, and it's a very quick question, so I'm going to have to assume a lot of things about what this question asker is getting at. We're good at assuming. But stuff. we are good at it, and we will. So uh, here was the very simple question uh, they want to know. What does it mean to pray in Jesus' name? We get a lot of questions about prayer. Um, what I'm assuming this person wants to know is, because we hear this a lot, Jesus himself said, you know, ask things in my name. Um, I grew up, it was almost to the point where when I was a kid, uh, if you didn't say that phrase at the end of your prayer, then it ain't going to work. That's yeah. exactly right. And I think that's probably what they're getting at, because I grew up with that tendency, and, and honestly, it's still with me a little oh, bit. Yeah. I, I say right. it almost out of habit now. Um, so let's talk about it. When Jesus encouraged us to pray in his name, what was he uh, asking us to do? And more importantly, what, what is it not? Mm. So, Well, you know, I, this is probably a bad illustration, so I'll start with it and then we can fix it. <laughs> okay. Um, you're teeing this one up good. Yeah. Uh, you know, when you're a parent and you have a kid, I can remember... So I was the kid that screwed everything up in our family. And I can remember it was a black mark on my family's name. Mm-hmm. That's the way it would be talked about, a black mark on their their good name. You put a black mark on our good name. And what they meant was I had not lived in the character that had been established for our family in that community. They had expectations of what people, that character would be. And I think... I use that as an illustration. When Jesus says, pray in my name, he's meaning pray in my character. Pray yeah. the way that I would pray. Yes. Pray. When you when you ask for something, you have to get in the mindset of, is this the way Jesus would be praying? Mm. Yeah. Would he be asking for this kind of thing in his character, in his power, in his name? Uh, it's not just, hey, I ask for whatever I want, and then I go, in Jesus' name. Yeah, and now you got to do it. And now you have because to I do invoked it because His name. You said if I prayed in Your name, and I said Jesus' name. Well, come on, everything you ask See, for uh, is not yeah. in His character. Honestly, that way of approaching it, which I've seen and have done myself well, yeah. uh, in the past, is actually the opposite of because what Jesus was asking us to do is, as you alluded to, is uh, pray in His character and and. That is a posture of submission. Yes, yeah. it, it is, and and I believe that's what he meant was if you are you are submitting yourself to the will of the Father when you say that and when you come to Him in that way. So it's not actually a I said it, you got to do it. It's a I I pray that I'm in His will. That's right. Everything that I'm asking, and and if I'm not, then you take up the slack that's kind right. of a thing. That's right. It's a, it's a, it's a humbling kind of phrase mm-hmm. and, a, and not even just, it's more than a phrase. It's, I guess that's what I'm getting at, right? Yeah. There, I mean, there's no so. demanding in Jesus' character. That's that's, right. that's Yeah. There's, there's no trying to get power over. It's always power under. It's always submission. So when I pray in Jesus' character, I ask for whatever I want. I mean, that's honest truth. Sure. I can say whatever I want to say. Right. I just have to submit it and, you know, the way you know whether you submit it or not is whether you're mad or not if it doesn't happen. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> now that's huge. <laughs> you know? Yeah. If I ask for something and I think, well, God didn't answer my prayer. Well, you said in Jesus' name, so I guess he did. 
Yeah. <laughs> well, I think also when you think about think about it in that terms, then in praying in Jesus' name is is when you say to do it in in Jesus' character to 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 do it from Jesus' point of view. Whenever anybody would appear in the name of somebody, right? You're, you're either thinking of, uh, you know, but you talked about family. That was, certainly was very cultural for them, right? They understood in an honor-shame society, I'm representing my family, therefore I behave in certain ways. Or I'm coming on behalf of a king and I'm coming in the name of a king. I'm like, as Jesus would, I mean, I, Jesus, Paul would eventually say we're ambassadors for Christ, that mm-hmm. the way that we interact, in fact, Paul in another place says, everything you do, right, do it in the name of Jesus, that you're doing it in this, in the likeness of Jesus. And so when I'm praying, I think what Jesus is inviting us to is this partnership, that I get to be partners with God in reshaping the world, that I get to pray for things, that God goes, I do want to hear what you care about. Tell me what's on your mind. Tell me what's going on when I'm praying in Jesus' name. It's not that I get power over God over it, but that God's actually saying, hey, you're, you're, it's, when you're praying, there's a way you're representing me to the world. There's a way that you're doing it. And we often feel like that's not the case. I feel like what I'm doing when I'm praying is I'm just telling God the things I care about. But that there's a way that my prayers is God's activity in this world. That the things I'm praying for is God actively involved. And, you know, we we miss this, and I'm not necessarily saying that anyone should go be a monk, but there's a part of many of us that look at kind of people, monks and going, well, they've removed themselves from the world. But the way they often see it is, no, we're... We're on behalf of God, praying for God in this world, praying for the things that we are actively involved in what's going on. And so there's this way in which my prayers are powerful and that they are working. Not not that that is not to contradict. It doesn't mean I have power over God. It's that James says that the prayers of of, of a righteous person are powerful, that God is yeah. involved in my activity. And so when I pray, God God is God is using that in this world, and that's kind of mysterious. We don't know how that works. I don't. I don't fully know the way that that works. But isn't it interesting that what the way most of us have used that idea of praying in Jesus' name, we have managed to actually reverse the intention. Yes, absolutely, completely one eighty. Like I said, it, 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 I grew up with it always as this magic wand that if I wave it at the end of the prayer, I will get what I prayed for, yep. and I will have power over this prayer, and God will do it. And it's actually the complete 180-degree opposite. opposite. Yeah, yeah. the character of Jesus praying is very clearly seen in, not my will but yours be done. Mm-hmm. And I humble myself to the point of death, and I don't count equality with God so it got Nathan's exactly right. We are in partnership with God in our prayer, but we are very much the junior partner. Yeah, yes. <laughs> we are. Sure. We are yes. not equal partners. Mm-hmm. And Jesus, when he lived as a human, clearly saw himself that way. He was mm-hmm. submitting himself. I only do what I see the Father do. Mm. Mm-hmm. So that's what I think it means in the character of Jesus. Well, which ultimately goes to, as you said, I mean, that's the way that. The Trinity, always submission yep. to and 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 the other, you know, the Father elevates the Son, the Son elevates the Father, the Spirit elevates. Anytime the I'm looking for a way to get power over God, I've misunderstood God and myself. Yes. Hmm. Well, and I assume because it, it brings me into a tug of war with God. I assume God's trying to get power over me, and He's not. 
Mm. No, and we, I think we miss that sometimes. Is that in order for me to say I'm submitting to God, therefore what God is saying is, well, you're under my thumb now. That isn't at all that the way isn't it works it at all. Mm-mm. And that's the that's the misunderstanding. We we live in a world where we believe it has to be a tug of war. If I'm submitting, someone else is winning. Well, I think, and I may misquote this, and somebody can find it on Dallas. Always said God is trying to develop me to the point that He can empower me to do exactly what I want. Yes. Mm-hmm. That he wants my character to get to the place he that he can me trust to me yeah. to do exactly what I want because my wants have been shaped enough into the character that he wants. Yes. That he isn't, I'm going to do exactly what would ha- need to happen. Yep. So to the person who asked this question, I, I would say keep on praying in Jesus' name. Yep. But when you say that phrase, keep in mind what you are really saying. And if at any point it, it is something that you think it is going to somehow make your prayer more potent, you have missed it. Yeah. Yes. And and use that as a moment. And and this is often so important when we pray. And, and it's what I have struggled to do over the years is when I say those phrases, I need to really ponder what I mean yep. and what they meant when... Because Jesus said here, he gave us a model for prayer and, and, and not, so they, not just the Lord's Prayer, but the way that he prayed... The, and, and he showed us what that is like. And so when I say those phrases and I'm trying to, you know, pray like Jesus did, I, I, it's on me to remember what it is that I'm, my words really do mean. And, that, and, and so I, I'm glad you asked the question because it re-ups for me because I say it sometimes out of habit yep. when, I'm, when I'm praying. And I forget what, I, what I'm doing and actually submitting myself to God's will. So just remember that when you're praying. And yep. as long as you're, you're doing that... I think you're you're on the right track. So I agree. All right, we're out of time today. All so, right, uh, but that's okay because we knocked out both questions. So all we right, will hopefully have some more next week. I don't know what they're going to be next week because <laughs> I haven't seen any come in yet. But uh, hopefully we will have some come in soon. So send us some more. We've got the link right there in the description, and uh, you can send us questions. Rate and review us. And rate and review. Hmm. Always. I'm told we're supposed to say that. Yeah. Subscribe, <laughs> rate, <laughs> review, <laughs> share. All those things All are helpful. All those good things that happen. So, uh, yeah. And uh, we will see you here next week. Bye.